Welcome to the Campus Christian Fellowship Podcast for the University of Iowa, Iowa State University, and the University of Northern Iowa. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 15. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ, and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I find it hard to preach on generosity, especially given that the the subset of people that I that I minister to most are college students, ones who are um, just don't have extra resources. Generally, um, they they feel constantly crunched for time. Um, they are quite literally in the in a position in life where generally they are going in debt by what they are doing because um, school cost so incredibly much and living costs a good amount too <clears throat> and so it's it's hard for students college students to think about being generous because uh, they feel like they have so little now in the previous chapter uh, paul was talking about the church in macedonia and commending them for for being able to give even out of their poverty they were able to give and, and he used that as a point of encouragement i believe for the church in corinth um, he also has commended the church here uh, earlier on in chapter 9 for their service for what they've been able to give for for their generosity um, but he concludes chapter 9 here by re- reminding them of, of the point of generosity um, and the promises of generosity and, and, and that we can count on God to be supplying our needs so that we can be generous. This is a passage that I, I think is getting harder and harder to preach especially when we look around us right now in this time of COVID-19 being stuck at home. So many people are losing their jobs. Um, Any kind of financial security that they had. Um, There are people that are, uh, I've been seeing nonprofits that have been saying how they've had to close their doors and they don't expect to survive these months um, because their support is going to dry up because there are people who are just unable to give in ways that they gave before. And right now I'm tasked with this 
preaching on generosity. And I'm struggling to find the words to say because I'm someone who is a missionary on a college campus. I have to raise support for my job. Um, personally, I have to raise half my salary. The other half my salary comes from our ministry, which is an entirely support raised, support generated entity. Um, our, our, our very ministry on campus survives because of supporters, because of churches uh, who are able to give from their congregations who give and from individuals um, who, who know us, who care about the ministry that we're doing, who care about us as individuals. Um, these are the people that are giving to enable us to function, to enable me to provide for my family, for us to carry on. That is why generosity is needed, um, to help the poor, um, to help feed those who, who, who can't feed themselves, um, uh, to help the poor in, in other countries, not just our own backyards. Um, generosity is, is what enables the church to keep moving and growing and, and doing it. A lot of what I preach about, I talk about from kind of a historical perspective because that's something that I care about. I was a history major in college. I very much love history. And one of the incredible things, uh, if you if you do research on, on the early church, the first century church, uh, the time of the apostles and, and um, the few generations right after the apostles, is, is how much the church exploded and expanded because of their willingness, their ability to aid those who were less fortunate than, than themselves. I mean, you have your tales in Acts and, and talking about how the, the apostles and, and the early believers kind of gave uh, and supported one another so that no one had need. And, and there's really cool stories about that and just um, comments about how the church steps up and helps when there's famines and when there's issues and problems and and they provide for one another but one of my favorite stories uh, is not found in scripture it's it's uh, just a, a story from early times about about how much the church cared for those um, that everyone else overlooked uh, there was a problem in in ancient times uh, it can still be a problem that's found today in in poor areas in third world countries wherein uh, those who are poor are unable to bury their dead it's it's hard to afford real estate uh, of any kind um, but sometimes uh, graveyards are, are inaccessible uh, to those who are without means um, it's not the case so much in our country um, we we have graveyards and, and we figure out ways to to bury our dead to to be able to have funerals to to mourn properly those kind of things um, but in the times of the early church there's a lot around the Roman Empire who just couldn't um, bury their dead and and so there are these you know places where there are mass graves and 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 loved ones were just um, left behind and, and not given a, a, a proper burial, a, a chance um, to, to mourn, to, to remember, uh, to care for those that had passed. And 
the church um, started doing one thing that was really unexpected. Because um, there was a lot of some of the religious beliefs of the Romans, uh, as well as some other things just basically said, you know, what kind of when somebody's dead, you just stop worrying about them or you, you know, it's just not something that you consider. And so even more so when, when those who are poor passed away, they were just overlooked and ignored. Um, but the church kept supplying land and places to have burials and paying for poor people to be able to, to bury their loved ones. And, and these are not necessarily even church members. These were just people that, that were poor in the community uh, they gave them an opportunity to to bury those uh, that they that they loved, and it spoke such an incredible word to the family members that that they started to wonder what is this Christianity thing all about? If they could care for me in this incredible time of need, when I'm when I'm broken and and so hurt and and feel like I have nothing and, and can give nothing to do the, the most basic thing for my family to even just bury my loved ones. This group has reached out and done this and sacrificed land and time and resources in order to, to do, have a funeral. Who are these people and, and what are they saying about, about honoring the dead, about caring about for the poor, I want to know more about this group. And I think it's those times of desperation, of difficult situations, when the church steps up and shows its generosity and uh, the incredible self-sacrifice that we're willing to have, that, that we should be having because we've got the ultimate example and the model of Christ who gave up his life for us all that we may live with him I, I think that's why generosity is is important because of the word that it speaks about our lord and savior who himself was so incredibly generous um not only in his death but also in his life when he he healed those who were sick who were completely unloved we kind of sometimes, uh, I think, read through these passages that talk about Jesus healing lepers and try to act like it's no big deal. But it's incredible what it said to the people in his time. Leprosy was a it was a death sentence. It was it 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 brought you to an existence where you were cast out from society, where you're forced to live in a leper colony that you could only associate it with other people that had your disease. Maybe your family would, would stick their necks out enough to try to help you get food, would, would come to try to spend a little bit of time where you care, care for you, but they'd have to keep their distance for their own safety. And yet Jesus interacted with these people. He was willing to touch these people. Yes, he, I think he took proper precautions. Uh, there's there's actually some things in the text wherein you see that when Jesus interacts with leprous people, while he's not afraid to touch them, he also makes sure he goes and cleanses himself afterwards, uh, which is the actual like Old Testament um, 
prescription for for what you do at the thing about the old testament is people would interpret that to mean you shouldn't ever associate with leprous people and it really wasn't that case at all it was just that if you did associate with them you would have to spend time being considered also unclean and clean yourselves before you could come to the temple which if we think about that in terms of modern day that's basically saying hey if you're gonna help those who are diseased who have you know contagions make sure you spend some time in quarantine afterwards make sure that you are properly washing your hands that this should all sound really relevant to us right now jesus didn't ignore those people because they were sick he poured out his generosity he spent time with them he healed them but then he also took the proper steps afterwards to take those days to clean himself, to cleanse himself before he came to the temple, before he associated with others, before he hung out with other people. He made sure he was clean so that he could help those people. And and I think that's the idea of being cleansed. We, we kind of have this idea that we're supposed to be holy and set apart. And that means that we can't associate with those who are sick or sinful Uh, you can take this on a spiritual level as well as a as a literal physical one that because we are to be holy that we can't ever associate with any of those people and that is never what scripture has talked about what scripture has said is recognize what it means what it takes the sacrifices you will have to make to be around people who are unclean whether that be from disease whether that be like a literal hygienic uncleanliness and whether that be people who are sinful and know that you might have to spend a little bit of time cleansing yourself, getting your mind right, getting your emotions back, getting spiritually in the right place before you can have the same kind of interaction you had with another group, maybe a group of believers, maybe a a different group of people that sometimes you just have to take time in quarantine Again, maybe literal, maybe more of a spiritual type of quarantine, building yourself back up so that you can be ready to handle all of those other things. And, and I think we can see cases of that even um, with people who've been missionaries, who've been pouring themselves out on the mission field, and then they come home to a to a church maybe that they grew up in, and it's just hard for them to be around those people because they haven't been where they are they don't see what it takes and and maybe we just need to take a little bit of time in a spiritual quarantine of helping god restore us so that we can be beneficial to this other group i'm getting really far away from the text here what paul's talking about here is generosity and generosity that looks to most other people like self-sacrifice and maybe like crazy out of your mind self-sacrifice because that's the kind of generosity that Christ showed for us. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. There are some who will take this and, and, and just boil it down to just a straight money thing and try to convince people that if they give a whole lot, that God's going to give them back a whole lot. And it's all about money. And that's not what this passage is about. Yeah, you should be generous with your finances. If you have the ability to, or the opportunity to, you should absolutely give generously. The church functions because of that. 
the gospel moves because of that. People are fed and helped and made healthy because of generous financial givers. I support my family. I survive because of that. But that is not, Paul's not just talking about money here. He's talking about generosity and grace in, in righteous acts, in giving your time, in giving everything that you have cheerfully, not reluctantly or under compulsion. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. A generous spirit helps us to be whole people who can give even better, who can do even more greater righteous acts. That's what this call of generosity is. It's to not be so self-important and caught up in our own things that we lose track of those who are overlooked, that we lose track of everything that's going on in this world that is so difficult and hard to talk about. We need to be such generous people that when everyone else sees us, they just go, wait, what is up with these Christians? These things that they're doing don't make sense. But man, I want to live my life like that. What have they heard that has caused them to be changed like that? What's going on that they're able to be that generous in the midst of all of this crap and chaos? So I pray, especially in this time of quarantine, self-isolation, all the things that we're doing in order to protect and help those who are so easily overlooked. How can we continue to be generous? Because these very actions that are trying to help people are also hurting a whole nother, other subset of people. How can we continue to be generous so that we can be helping those people too? So that those who have lost their jobs, who those who have been hurt by a struggling economy, that they can continue to have food that they continue to have community times, interaction with people for their mental health? How can we be pouring out and giving so generously that people just say, man, I wasn't so sure about that whole church thing, but then I saw the way that they acted and reacted during COVID-19, and my goodness, there's something else going on there. I need to know what those people know so that I can have that kind of hope, so that I can be generous like that even in the midst of all of this. Ugh. It's my prayer for you right now as you're most likely at home listening to this podcast. I, God, I pray that you will help us to be generous, to be people who are self-sacrificial like your son was self-sacrificial that we would be able to love those that feel unloved and alone in this time that we'd be able to reach out to them and to tell them about who you are to be able to help them find food and shelter and the basic things they need to to survive 
Because even if that's all we feel like we can give right now, God, that's what we need to be giving. That's what we need to be helping with. Help us to give our time. Any other kind of resources that we have, financial or otherwise, God, help us to support those that feel unsupported in this time. Help us to not overlook those who are so often overlooked. To be like Christ did, to heal the leper, to feed the poor, and to be willing to give our lives so that people can know your love and what that truly feels like. God, bless us in this time so that we can be generous and help that generosity to speak an incredible, incredibly good word for you, who you are, how much you love. And it's in all these things in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for checking us out and spending some time with us this week. Quick reminder, if you're a student at Iowa State, University of Northern Iowa, or University of Iowa, we would love to connect you with a campus minister. So reach out to ccf.uiowa at gmail.com, and we will make sure we get you connected. Be sure to specify your school in an email. Additionally, if you have questions about anything you've heard today or anything that's on your mind, we would love a chance to answer that here anonymously. So you can also just drop a line there. Again, that is ccf.uiowa at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week, and please know that we are praying for you.